Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Shush up, okay? Thank you. President, on the deadline, you said already, I've done, I've done my part. Do you think that if there is a brief, nobody is complaining you? Of course, no one will blame me. I know you won't. You'll be saying Biden did a wonderful job. I, I, I know you. On the merits, based on what I've offered, I would be blameless. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 22nd of May, year of our Lord, 2023. That's our commander-in-chief. Still can't negotiate stairs when Bush did the shish. It was a violation in the First Amendment, the plaque at the bottom of the freaking Statue of Liberty, and a Bible. It was like end of day shit, bro. But okay. And he's blameless because uh, the media says he can be blameless. So today uh, we don't really have a theme. I'm just going to put together a show. We're going to hit a little FBI stuff. Literally treasonous crap going down every day. Some media social justice warriors. Some gay shit. This is America. Close it out. But I want to start with that bullshit. So we're going to have some long bites, but they're worthy. Nets ignore the FBI retaliating. They didn't even cover, but Fox did the soundbite we played with the FBI in somebody's porch just because they're pro-life. We'll play those two up front. It's a good uh, primer. That's bullshit. 
tonight, House Republicans looking into what they call the weaponization of the federal government. They say federal employees, FBI employees specifically, who have talked about it, have faced retaliation. It's another blow to the Bureau that's already enduring greater scrutiny in the wake of the special counsel conclusion that it should not have opened an investigation into the Trump-Russia collusion case, the John Durham report. Democrats on that committee today called it a lot of hot air in one of the most heated hearings on the Hill in years. Correspondent David Spont starts us off tonight from the Justice Department. Good evening, David. Brett, good evening to you. Witnesses told members of Congress stories of retaliation and intimidation because they questioned a prominent investigation. Meanwhile, this letter obtained by Fox News is from the FBI. It explains that these men broke policy and it explains why their security clearances were revoked. The FBI suspended my security clearance accusing me of actually being disloyal to my country. Marcus Allen, a former Marine, says it's simple. He was punished for questioning the official narrative of what happened at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. He lost his security clearance two weeks ago, though it was suspended in January 2022. I was not in Washington, D.C. on January 6th and I condemn all criminal activity that occurred. Fox News obtained this FBI letter to members of Congress. It reads in part that Mr. Allen used his FBI email to send multiple colleagues, quote, links to websites and urged recipients to exercise extreme caution and discretion in pursuit of any investigative inquiries or leads pertaining to the events of January 6th. A ring doorbell camera capturing video of agents visiting the childhood home of a pro-life activist. Watch. Hi, we're looking for Elise. I'm sorry, she's not here. We're both with the FBI. Okay. We just need to speak with her regarding some information that was sent in to us. Well, she doesn't live here. Do you mind giving us her residence or her phone number by chance? Yeah, can, um, hold on just a second. Sure. She's not in any trouble. We just have information that we need to ask her about. Do you mind if I take a picture of your badges? Uh, unfortunately, we're not allowed to, to have anyone take our picture. I have two FBI agents at the front door. Yes. That pro-life activist Elise Ketch joins us now. Uh, that's pretty startling. Watching that that ring camera video there, uh, video there, she said that you're not in any trouble. But this happened about a month ago, Elise. Whatever came of this? Nothing came of it. I told them, contact my attorney if you want to hear from me, if you want, really have information you want to speak to me about. And then they never got in contact with me. So I can only take this as an intimidation tactic at this point. What was your reaction and what was your mom's reaction beyond what we just saw in the video? My reaction was uh, to go into mobilization mode and also almost <laughs> probably the opposite of the reaction they want. I didn't freeze. I then got more aggressive. Um, and my mom was worried for my safety, but only in a motherly way. She knows I can handle myself. Yeah. I mean, are you concerned for your safety and even going even further? Uh, are you concerned about your future, especially after that FBI whistleblower said, quote, the FBI will crush you and your family? Yeah, I am worried. Um, I had more people approach me recently saying that I should be more worried that I might even get a RICO charge for doing pro-life activism. RICO, so just to review, you are not in the mafia uh, as far as you know, or as far as we know, so RICO probably wouldn't attach to you? 
absolutely not. Um, I'm a part of a group called Progressive Anti-Abortion Uprising, and we are not the mafia. Understood. Um, will this episode cause you in any way to curtail your pro-life activity? Not at all. I'm going to keep doing the same things I was doing because what they were doing, what I do is perfectly legal and also within my rights. You know, at least with that whole situation that happened at your childhood home, I'm sure it scared your mother to death, um, having two FBI agents just walk up and ask to talk to their daughter or to her daughter. Um, and what we've heard from the whistleblower testimony, do you believe there is bias in the FBI? Of course I do. Um, even as a progressive, I actually agree with, uh, you know, the right on this, that the FBI is corrupted and there's always going to be bias against the people who are trying to get human rights, who are trying to do the right thing because of um, people in power. There's just corruption and there's power. At least there's been a common theme to our entire show this week, and it is consequences for bad actions. We had the Durham report come out, and Ashley and I have been talking about, okay, this is bad, but will there be any consequences mm -hmm. to the people who did the bad acts? And I think our conclusion was, we fear no. So now that we've had this whistleblower discussion on Capitol Hill yesterday, in light of your story now being put out there, do you think the FBI is going to stop using these tactics or these uh, supposed tactics to intimidate people, or is it going to continue on just like business as usual next week and the month after and the years after? I hope not years after, but I could see this continuing for more weeks, more months until more people step forward and share their story. That was part of the reason I chose to share this footage in the first place. I wasn't going to until I saw other people starting to share it, like direct, direct action everywhere, other pro-lifers. Um, they're going after everybody. So I think it's really important we all step up and say, the FBI is being weaponized against all of us. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if after you release this, uh, since it happened a month ago, if they will pay another visit. So you'll have to keep us updated. Elise Ketch, thank you so much. Keep up your fight. The media has been so engaged on this. It is unbelievable. This is AP, and, and we have a lot of AP today. Um, I was bored on the internet that this is a fact checked about somebody made some background sounds we we never did that for trump i don't ever remember doing that for trump but none of them cover this i mean they're going after people if you disparage the fbi they go after them none of the hearings were aired on abc cbs nbc msdnc npr CNN did, but then they covered like this, and this Fugazi motherfucker, man, he can just, I hope his fucking uterus falls out. Meanwhile, in Washington, lawmakers on Capitol Hill got into a pretty explosive argument yesterday over whether or not those three self-proclaimed FBI whistleblowers are actually whistleblowers. Mr. Chairman, these individuals have been determined not, not to be whistleblowers. To these are not whistleblowers. They've been determined by the agency not to be whistleblowers. Are you deciding that they're whistleblowers? Yes, the law decides. Did you not listen to Mr. Levitt's testimony? Did you not read the law? The his law decides that asserting, they are whistleblowers. His attorney the chair is recognizes that they are the whistleblowers. That was an exchange between Republican Congressman Jim Jordan and Stacey Plaskett, a Democrat on that committee. Jim Jordan called on three men to testify yesterday as part of his efforts to, in his words, show that the FBI is weaponizing itself against conservatives. The three people that he invited to testify said the agency retaliated against them for not towing the line 
during the investigations into January 6th. Nonetheless, the FBI cynically elected to close ranks and attack the messenger. Despite my history of unblemished service to the United States, the FBI suspended my security clearance, accusing me of actually being disloyal to my country. But if you watched that, it's also to know, important to note that before the hearing, the FBI actually sent a letter to Congressman Jordan's subcommittee. In it, the agency said that officials stripped two of those three men that you saw there who testified of their security clearances after multiple violations and security concerns. The agency says that both men also expressed alternate theories about the attack on the Capitol. Mr. Chairman, these individuals have been determined not, not to be whistleblowers. These are not whistleblowers. They've been determined by the agency not to be whistleblowers. Are you deciding that they're whistleblowers? Yes, the law decides. Did you not listen to Mr. Levitt's testimony? Did you not read the law? The his law decides that they are whistleblowers. His attorney the chair is recognizes that they are the from the law New York, has not determined the gentlelady that they from New York has been recognized. The law has not determined they are whistleblowers. His attorney is just asserting that. As a former agent and someone who cares deeply about a great institution, uh, I saw a sad spectacle today and I didn't see valid whistleblowers. Um, Look, the real facts here, not the fiction that, that Jim Jordan was trying to promulgate today, are contained in an 11-page letter issued by the FBI in response to Jordan. Last night, he gets this letter and all the facts are there about the real reasons why these employees had their security clearances revoked. And it's a damning letter. The facts, not the fiction, but the facts are, are damning. We're talking about FBI agents and analysts who refused to do their job, who said, I'm not going out on that arrest. I object to that arrest, by the way, a valid court authorized uh, arrest warrant of a dangerous wanted person, uh, someone going in after hours into the FBI system using an unauthorized flash drive and extracting sensitive information, an analyst who decided he would lie to an agent and say, I can't find anything publicly available about this defendant. You know, we spent four years disparaging anybody that came to Trump. In fact, people that worked for the Trump admin were ruined financially, online. You just name it. They were crushed under the weight of the deep state. And, you know, I, I, I tweeted this weekend, the whole deep state thing, I threw that in the trash heap of crazy, you know, QAnon, uh, white supremacy is the greatest threat ever. January 6th was worse than the War of 1812, Pearl Harbor, the Holocaust. I mean, all this shit they did. I put deep state there, man. I just thought it was some crazy ass shit. That's the deep state. So basically, and I think why the media is covering because they're angry. They went after BLM people too, but... Breaking news, a newly unsealed court document shows the FBI wrongly searched a vast digital database for information about U.S. citizens and others more than 278,000 times in 2020 and early 2021. Deep! 
into that. Crime victims, political donors, and potential sources were targeted in digital searches. Now they now say they scaled back. So it was 278,000 times, including against crime victims, January 6th riot suspects, people arrested at protests after the police killing of George Floyd in 2020, and in one case, 19,000 donors to a congressional candidate, according to a newly unsealed court document. I'm sure that's a Democrat. That's why they're not naming it. FBI officials say they have already fixed the problem, which the agency blamed on a misunderstanding between its employees and the Justice Department lawyer about how to properly use a vast database, data brewer, what they call it, named for the legal statute that created it, Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. But the failures to use the data brewer correctly when collecting information about U.S. citizens and others may make it harder for the agency to marshal support in Congress to renew the law, which is due to expire at the end of the year. may also create additional headwinds for the FBI, which has been under attack. Oh, my God, the cons have ammo now. Fuck it. Yeah, that's the other reason they're covering. The Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, which oversees Section 702, has pressured the FBI to address the problems, writing in an April 2022 opinion that was unsealed Friday that if the agency doesn't perform better, the court will crack down. The Section 702 is a, uh, literally, it's D-A-T-A-B-R. I don't fucking know why the name is this fucking story. NSA and the FBI, the FBI's authorized search the data burr only when agents have, re- I seriously sound like I'm a retard. Built in the aftermath of September, not that there's anything wrong with retards. It's just a figure of speech. Don't get your undies in a bundle. In the aftermath of September 11th, prize jewel, yada, yada. Uh, and none of this would have been found if it wasn't because the committee on the weaponization of the government that the media says doesn't exist, but it actually does fucking exist because they're going after pro-life motherfuckers everywhere. At the same time, pro-life houses of worship or businesses are having dead goats sacrificed on their porch and shit. The court is encouraged by the amendments to the FBI query procedures, which detail the nearly 300 thousand abuses logged between 220 and 2021 so it's more than 280 but they, they want to like help the fbi because the media is with the deep state white house judiciary committee chairman jim jordan has argued that the fbi has mistreated conservatives and applied a liberal bent to the investigations of course in June 2020, the FBI searched for digital data and communications of 133 people arrested in connection with civil unrest and protests between approximately May 30th and June 2020. And then they released them all media. So don't get upset. Don't get upset. The search was done, officials said, to see if there was a counterterrorism information. That was around the same time the media and the DOJ said that Antifa was an idea. It was a concept. They were just like the guys that stormed Normandy. But it looks like they did get in, and then they were told to back off in 2020 when the bottom administration took over. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Around the same time, FBI analysts conducted 656 queries of FISA information. And I'm not going to read anymore. It, it's really bad. Um, the reality in this is the fact that It was just a matter of time before they turned on the American people and they politicized it. And since everything is motherfucking woke, well, 
course they started going after pro-life anybody who's not for trans and kids the media has been so all in and I don't know if I got this I, I don't think I did but I'll get it in a second when the leftists and the media claim the FBI whistleblowers who testified yesterday have no case remember the whistleblowers raised issues about searches without a warrant and vast illegal surveillance by the FBI they're not important people they're nobodies as Fugazi says but as you break down what the media is doing on top of it, another FBI article, two FBI agents set to appear before a House subcommittee Thursday had their security clearance revoked this month over security concerns. According to a letter sent by the FBI to the House Judiciary Committee, obtained by the Post, to make it sound like they're not worthy. Michael Schellenberger. This is state propaganda. The Washington Post should be ashamed of itself. They're not. But they should be. That's propaganda. We pre-bunked the FBI and Washington Post propaganda yesterday, and we're about to hit it. Public. Why the FBI and Democrats are attacking whistleblowers. Here are the public servants and whistleblowers that the Washington Post is helping the FBI and Democrats persecute high crimes. Elon Musk. WAPO has gone from questioning the state to being its propaganda mouthpiece. Pravda would be proud. Steve Guest. Democracy dies in darkness. WAPO likes to preen, and yet WAPO is trying to silence the people who are shining a spotlight on the wrongdoing of the government. Let's just be quite honest that none of this would fly if there was a Republican in office. They'd be cracking on the FBI. FBI searched January 6th rioters and George Floyd demonstrators and spied Diederberger. That's the wa- that is Wall Street Journal covered it. They are no longer about the rule of law. They're protecting the woke. It always coincides with them searching against conservatives or non-progs. It's not even it's no longer con lib. It is woke, non-woke. And if you criticize as non-woke, you get crushed. Here's a longer tweet by Schellenberg. Why the FBI and Democrats are attacking whistleblower? Uh, the FBI whistleblowers who testified before Congress today are not actually whistleblowers, says the FBI and Democrats. Rather, they are disloyal Americans who undermine investigation on January 6th. My Republican colleagues have brought in these former agents, men who lost their security clearance because they were a threat to our national security, that racist black chick said. The ranking member of the House Weaponization Committee, who out of malice or ignorance or both are, have put partisan agenda above the oath they swore to serve the country. Need I remind that the FBI let HRC have a shitter server with 40,000 pieces of intel on it? She destroyed over 30,000 emails, her phone, the laptops, the server, the Wi-Fi router. 
and we just said she was a bad girl. Need I remind you that the FBI knowingly, through the whole process, went after Donald Trump, wiretapped the opposition to their party, the Democrats, campaign, ruined people's lives, and buried proof that it was all fake after being briefed by Clinton. Those aren't fucking accusations. That's actually facts. Clinton briefed it. CIA and FBI said, yeah, we'll do it. We don't like Trump. And I don't like Trump. But if you're so nearsighted, you can't see that eventually it will be you. I mean, most of the 18% of America that are for transing kids, burning the flag saying America is a gigantic rotting shithole they probably won't ever be affected because if they literally came with everybody must eat skippy peanut butter crunchy while standing on the head and you must insert the skippy in your arse and eat it in reverse There'd be a run on the fucking grocery store for Skippy peanut butter, folks, and spoons that you shove in your ass that don't hurt too bad. But there's no evidence that any of the FBI whistleblowers are were a threat to national security. One of them, Marcus Allen, won two medals fighting in Iraq and Kuwait. Another, Greg Garrett O'Boyle, I don't know why I said Greg, served in the Army in Iraq, worked as a police officer, and graduated with honors, criminology, and law. Democrats pointed out the FBI had revoked the security clearance of two whistleblowers, Allen and Steve Friend, earlier this month. The news came in a letter that Christopher Durham, the acting assistant director of FBI, sent the House Judiciary. The FBI claimed that Allen expressed sympathy for personal organizations that advocate threaten or use force of violence or use any other illegal or unconstitutional means in the effort to prevent federal government personnel from performing their official duty. But neither FBI nor the Democrats presented evidence that they did it. They just said it. For decades after the FBI, and I'm going to the bottom, were caught spying on Martin Luther King Jr. and abusing its power for political ends, Democrats emphasized strong constraints on domestic spying and the importance of whistleblowers. Now Dems are savaging these former public services threats to national security. Of course they are, because it's they're getting into the rat's nest of how fucked up these motherfuckers are. I mean, it's just some fucked up shit, man. Fucked up shit. So... I couldn't come up with two sound bites of the week or one super bias of the week. I I'd go with two. Harry, what does it say that Republicans are trying to misappropriate the whistleblower term? I mean, there's always a more sinister motive. They are reappropriating the term whistleblower after doing everything they could endanger the life of the actual whistleblower that led to Donald Trump's first impeachment. Um, and they are standing by people who are at a minimum, and again, it's not in dispute, guilty of insubordination, of refusing to carry out a court-approved search. 
Yeah, I mean, there is a political farce here, and it even extends to the level of language and the complete twisting and bastardization of terms we accept and that are important. A point that hasn't been uh, raised but was a big uh, part of the uh, back and forth in the committee, uh, the testimony that this guy gave, Alan, that, that uh, Agent Allen gave to the Republicans, he refused to provide to the Democrats. He said, I'm not comfortable. Goldman had a field day with Jordan saying he doesn't get to decide there are rules here. And again, they're whistleblowers want their information to come out. But this, in, in fact, you know, exposed them as just being a political operative. Fine. Let him let you know he searches far and wide. Does Jordan finds two or three people who are political operatives, but they're not whistleblowers. And of course, it's it, the irony is we're at this point in the country where people can what conservative means to Jordan is specifically anti prosecution of the most important crimes against the United States in our history. That's what makes this particularly perverse. Conservative here means I don't want to enforce the law. So, you know, that that that's a stalemate from the get go. Jackie, it's an interesting dynamic to watch um, Congressman Gold. CNN obtaining an internal letter where the D.A. points specifically to a couple weeks in August, asking judges to avoid scheduling trials and in-person hearings from August 7th through August 18th. She also orders remote workdays that month to reduce staff at the courthouse by about 70 percent amid security concerns. I'm sure they're all happy about that. By the way, I mean, you know, they're more remote work. The DA sending a memo to law enforcement officials last month warning there will be a need for heightened security and preparedness once she announces her charging decisions in this case. So Ryan Goodman is with me now, of course, co-editor-in-chief of Just Security, first, former special counsel of the Defense Department. So, um, okay, they are, now there's a warning about beware, be ready. There's getting people out of the courthouse. And there's don't schedule any in-person hearings or trials between August 7th, which is a Monday, and August 18th, which is a Friday. So what does this tell you? A strong indication that there will be an indictment of the former President Trump during that period because these are security measures of a scale that it's difficult for me to conceive of any other explanation. It's the best explanation, and it's difficult to conceive of another one. Okay, so this is obviously very significant. Let me just um, ask about... Trump's legal team trying to, they're still trying to squash the case, right? They're still trying to get it to go away. A judge today denied Trump's request to submit another court filing, which would try to disqualify Fonnie Willis uh, from this altogether. The judge said, to date, the court has received well over 500 pages of briefing, argument, and exhibits on the issues raised. That is plenty. Okay, do I read that is plenty to give it a rest? I mean, is this, where do you think this goes? Yeah, I think he's expressing frustration. He's like, we're done, we're not running the clock any longer. I have enough information, at least on the written record, to decide. Mm -hmm. And so it does suggest that this will happen quickly, and I think he'll dispatch of the petition. It won't go forward. And it's kind of related to the timing of uh, August because it means that this is a pre-indictment motion, and a pre-indictment motion is very likely to fail. People do not have certain kinds of rights they can bring at that point. All right, so if you... But then somehow this happened on Meet the Press. Welcome back. If you only consume media on the right, you might be excused for thinking this week's 306-page Durham report on the Russian inquiry was a bombshell and damning, and that the investigation was an abomination and a soft coup. But Special Counsel John Durham's actual sharpest conclusions after a four-year investigation were that the FBI suffered from confirmation bias and, quote, 
discounted or willfully ignored material information that countered the narrative of collusion between Donald Trump and Russia. The report recommended no wholesale changes to FBI rules for regulations or wiretaps, and Durham did not send a single person to jail, even though former President Trump once predicted that Durham would uncover the crime of the century. That said, Dan Balls, this is not an FBI that should feel good about what Durham discovered, because at a minimum, this issue of confirmation bias it goes to the heart of how James Comey seemed to worry so much about what the perception of the FBI was that he, whether it was overdid or underdid Hillary stuff, and then overdid or underdid Trump stuff. Well, since since Comey, the FBI has been under attack, um, and the Durham report in many ways confirms what the. Uh, DOJ IG report. It's almost identical. It's really. almost identical. Yeah. Um, and, and in some ways backed off some of the rhetoric that they had going into it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the FBI's been in a compromised position. Um, and part of that has to do with the, the nature of our politics today. The FBI yeah. has become a politicized institution and a political target. Um, and this is going to make it much more difficult yeah. for Merrick Garland as he goes forward with these uh, right. investigations. Um, and I don't see any way out of that in, the, in anywhere in the near future. No, and let me throw in this headline from your newspaper, uh, Dan. Um, FBI misused surveillance tool on January 6th suspects, BLM, Black Lives Matter arrestees, and other Simone. I, look, trust in the FBI is eroding left and right. Um, feels like we're in the moment that we need a real church committee, that this is a moment like J when the J. Edgar Hoover FBI clearly was no longer helping the American people. There was a moment. This feels like we might be in one of those moments. I would say yes and no. Okay, mm -hmm. yes, because obviously, I mean, we, as Dan was talking, um, I thought about the the activists, civil rights activists, mm -hmm. uh, Black Lives Matter activists, uh, Black Panthers, who have been, been targets right. of the FBI for eons and years, okay, going, going back to well before this current political climate that we sit in. Um, but FBI agents, law enforcement across the country, people who work for the government, they are in a precarious position because of this um, belief in the quote-unquote deep state that does not, I would argue it doesn't exist, but if you read, depending on what you read about this report, right. you believe you could be persuaded to believe that it does, uh, FBI agents' offices have been targeted, right? Their lives have been put in danger, and so uh, would a church committee do anything but play to right into the hands of those in right. the far-wing spaces and places of America? I hear you, but we gotta, it seems like we have to do something to restore <coughs> trust. We have to, and it has to be moderate. Trust. And the reason, Chuck, is that the FBI, uh, you know, the opponents of the FBI, the conspiracy theorists, the people who right. want to diminish our institutions, they just need, you know, 10 percent of the truth, 15 percent of the truth yeah. to make a living and to bring down the institution. So the FBI has to raise its standards because they yeah. can't even give these people an inch. With an inch, they can bring down these institutions. And I'll be honest, Christopher Ray hides. He hides. He does only goes before Congress, and he doesn't defend the institution. There's a lot of consternation within the FBI about that, about the, mm -hmm. the way he postures publicly. There's a couple of places where this is really going to come to a head this year, and that is the two special counsel investigations, the Hunter Biden investigation, yep. and the reauthorization of Section 702 with, with the of the yeah. FISA And that is something that's going to be a huge fight. The White House has been worried about it already for yep. months. It's going to get worse, and all of this is going to be on display at that time, at the, by the of the year we clearly need something because the fbi as chuck todd for the first time actually astutely says 
It started with the left, man, around Hillary. Remember, they cost the election, and then us non-progs start thinking, well, maybe they're going the other way to accommodate that. But it's just not them. The, 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 the hits just keep on going. U.S. Embassy in Brazil given a video of importance to use a neutral pronouns. State Department offers counseling to misgender employees triggered by email pronoun debacle. Biden's fucking education. Teachers know it is best for the kids because they are with them every day. We must trust teachers. The entire world throttles him just incessantly. And I found this before it came an article. I don't remember what the fuck I said. What did I say? I know I said something. That's the usual. You're a fucking moron, communist piece of fucking shit. A piece of fucking shit. But what is affecting us more than anything else is... This keeps happening and I don't even know why it is acceptable. Another storming of a capital in Nebraska followed by two sound bites by two Democrats. I think some of these people forget that they represent all of their constituents. Not just the 
Senator Linehan talking about missing her grandchild's graduation. I hate that for you. I'm so sorry. Seriously, I, I would hate to have that happen to me. And I'm happy you're listening because I'm only asking you, we are only here doing this because of LB 574 period. I am not asking you to sit here through late nights to vote on these bills that we're dragging out. I'm asking you to love your family more than you hate mine. I'm asking you to love your family more than you hate mine. If your family wants you home to recover from surgery, maybe you should do that. If you want to go see your grandson graduate from preschool, you should do that. Instead, you are here to drag out this session because you won't come off this bill that hurts my son. You hate him more than you love your own family, and that's why you're here. And so, you know, go to the graduation. Go recover from your surgery. We don't need you here. We need you to vote no or present not voting on 574. Because, you know, there's nothing else in this body that's affecting your family that way. Thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, it was soundless. Sorry, I forgot that it was a soundless sideback. But, um, I, yeah, I'm for vets. But, you know, if I was a politician, I would realize that I'm for more than vets. I represent every one of my constituents. And then we start getting these articles. And this is where it really gets into the AP stuff. And this is pretty much showing once again, it was more than just, hey, we're going to we're going to finance a bunch of ultra uber scooper duper pooper scooper fucking mega people. They did some more shenanigans. You have the AP. I used to be fucking news agency and I, I just don't know what the fucking fuck happened to these jackasses. But as the nation prepares the 2024 election, false claims that the 2020 presidential election was rigged continued to thrive on Twitter without being corrected as endless show. Suck it. Suck it hard. You admitted you did it. All of you. And then we go back to the midterms of 2022 where the Democrats finance ultra duper mega got them to win in the primaries. The entire media said that's good politics. Well, now here's the AP. Far-right conservatives have been targeting seats on local boards and commission in many, case, in many cases to gain oversight of elections. The tensions are playing out in one Tennessee county where a local constitutional Republican group now controls a commission. Oh, no. 
other than Democrats running shit. Well, that's just fucking horrible. Somehow that's newsworthy, uh, I guess. Sorry, breakfast didn't sit. I got to get my antacids in. Um, then we have this. This is just fucking great. Every registered voter in Republican-leaning New York County turned Democrat after human era. Republicans and independent voters in Nassau County, New York, this week were shocked to find out that they had changed parties after all the voter information cards mailed out before an upcoming primary mistakenly identified every voter as Democrat. And you go, oh, that doesn't mean it. They can't ain't gonna make them vote, Tony. What the fuck? No, yeah. A lot of states, that's all you can vote for. So when you go to the primaries for 2024 and it's Trump, DeSantis, Tim Scott, DeSantis, Tim Scott, just make it a ticket. You'll win. I truly believe that. I would vote for that. Tim Scott's smart. DeSantis has got the cockiness. I think it would work. But anyway, you don't get a vote. My state, I can only vote Republican because I registered Republican in 2004, even though I'm not a Republican. And there's no independent. You can't sign up for independent. And once again, I was more damned than Republican at that time, but the Democrats didn't want to finance the fucking war they voted for. Yeah, that's not a big deal. There's no gerrymander. There's nothing happening. And And then you get another one. Got this from Miranda Devine. Pete Gaslight from the New York Times today denying the invasion of illegal immigrants. If you're hearing about the border, someone is trying to scare you. It's an actual article. U.S. Magnet full of... I'm going to go to the very fucking bottom like I always do. On May 11th, the representative stood in the House and announced the border had dissolved. The U.S. civilization was under threat. In March, Mr. Ortiz provoked controversy by admitting that his agency does not have complete operational control of the border. And, of course, that is true. The border has never been under control. And so there is a need or perception of a need, and the contractors and vendors rush to fill the gap. The carnival S images from the Border Security Expo captured here by Mike Osborne portray yet another way to imagine the border as a business, an entrepreneur playground, a corporate profit center in which you can get rich in direct proportion to popular fare. The customer's you. The customer's us. And the advertisement's all around. It's not that big a deal. We just had 18 fucking terrorists walk over. It's no big deal, man. You fucking xenophobe. Articles like this. How Dems end up where they swore they wouldn't be negotiating on the debt ceiling. They made the fucking debt. Republicans spend money, but they make the debt. They hand out freebies for votes. That's their whole, that's their model. They're still trying to figure out how in the name of Zeus's ass crack, they're going to get that free college because it's illegal. Yeah. So we're going to go into it. Lighter fare. 
Two freedom tunes. First one is uh, When Someone Tries to Defend, defend Themselves Out the Left Axe. And Men Can Get Periods. But I first want to start with a old-fashioned advertisement. This is real. I'm not fucking making that shit up. You and your Johnson. Johnson Motor Motors for Boats literally did this. And we're going to play that first. Then freedom turns because you just you missed a step. You didn't you didn't think it through. You've got your sunrise. You caught a prize. You you're making your Johnson party nights, summer whites. You your friends and your Johnson rooster tails, water trails. You your kids and your Johnson Saturday nights. Distant lights, you, your girl, and your Johnson. You and your Johnson, a way of life for over 50 years. Ow, ow, ouchie. Honey, uh, you promised to do yard work today. Yeah, babe, I was gonna, and then I got my period. Uh. Excuse me? Uh, yeah, I know. My cycle's so irregular. For the last time, men do not have periods. Oh, uh, you don't know anything. You're so dumb. Hey, apologize. I don't know why we're not. <laughs> My hormones, I can't help it. Do you want to go to Chili's? Hey, bro, what's up? Oh, no. Dog, are you on your period, homie? Ugh, this is humiliating. Babe, just do the darn yard work. Are you serious? He's writhing in agony, and you would have him do the yard work? I guess not. Since you're such a good friend, why don't you do it? What? Oh, oh, no. No. Ow. Ah. Ah, bro. Ah, we synced up. What is going on? Oh, we synced up, babe. No, ah, ow, ah, I hate this. Oh, ouchie, wow, ah. Ouchie, wow, No, owie, golly. Oh. Hey, what's up? Hey, Steve, would you mind helping with some yard work? Your brother is refusing to help me like he promised. Huh? Why, is he okay? Nah, bro, I'm on a period. You're... Period? Are you serious? You expect me to come over and do yard work because you're... Yard work? Maybe you can do yard work around here when you're done. Uh, oh, no. Oh, ah. Oh, no. We synced up. Dang it. Ouch. 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 Are you kidding me? You're all useless. I'm calling a landscaper, and you're going to explain to him why you can't help. So, my husband says you have to mow the lawn because he's on his period. Our period, bro. He, what? Yep, that's right. I'm on my period. So I'm in no condition to spend all of my one day off outside mowing the lawn, pulling weeds, and putting mulch down in the sweltering 90-degree weather. Oh, my bell-bell. Oh, oh, no. Ah, Oh, no, I'm pregnant. Pregnant? Ah, my water just broke. What? No, we synced up. We synced up. We synced up. You know what you're getting your butt kicked in spiritual battle? Yeah. 
you never pray! Get started with Hollow! Hollow's the number one Christian prayer app in the U.S. and the number one Catholic app in the world! It helps you pray, meditate, and sleep better! Wake up to a gospel reading and reflection by biblical scholar Jeff Gavins! Work alongside Gregorian chant and Catholic lo-fi! And fall asleep at night to a Bible story read by people like Mario Lopez and Jonathan Rorney! If you use the link hollow.com slash freedomtunes, you'll get an extended three-month trial! Free! Hollow! Say your prayers! No! How could this happen? Where did society go wrong? How could the system fail this poor man? If only he'd had a better school! You want some hot cocoa? I bet no one ever gave him hot cocoa. If only he had hot cocoa growing up, there would be no crime! Help me! Let's talk through this, my sweetie pie! My sweetheart! Why are you lashing out? She made eye contact with me. You are so expressive, my snookums! If only she never made eye contact with him, there would be no crime! Huh, the cause of injury seems to be socioeconomics. Most likely an underfunded library. Oh, so true. My poor sweetie, sweetie, you don't deserve this life. Come to Disney with my children. Oh, if you came to Disney with your children, there would be no crime. Save me from this Criminal. There are no criminals! Only men who weren't given cocoa and taken to Disney as children. How many babies have to be stabbed before all kids can go to Disney? That's it! You shot this beautiful man for no reason! She's evil incarnate! He was stabbing. Murderer! Murderer! He was expressing himself! Nothing could possibly justify this! I, uh, never went to Disney or drank hot cocoa? So? Deal with your issues, woman! Mercy for the scoundrel is violence against the victim! I hope you get the chair. You think you're gonna squeeze through the narrow gate with that spiritual diet and no spiritual exercise? Please! You need Hollow! Hollow is the number one Christian prayer app in the U.S. It helps you build a daily prayer routine and have it a prayer. Hollow has prayers for all parts of your day. Wake up and listen to a gospel reading and reflection by biblical scholar Jeff Gavins. Work alongside Gregorian Chant or Catholic Lo-Fi. Take an afternoon break with a special Jesus I trust in you meditation. If you use the link hollow.com slash freedom tunes, you'll get an extended three-month free trial. Hollow, say your prayers. Well, I was going to go straight into uh, the social justice warrior section, but some little girl is scared because she's mom's giving baths today. She's not getting one, but she doesn't know that. So I thought I'd say, say hello to everybody, Betsy. Say hi. 
This is the girl that just rules my life. I know I'm old. I have wolves, but some about this little thing is just too much. Love her. She's so great. Anyway, we're going to go into our uh, media social justice warring. You're going to have a law and order. The convicts, the victim. Mary Trump again. CNN with some racist shit. We're going to cover another one in a second because something happened to Bubba Wallace last night. After considerable consultation with the U.S. Attorney's Office, we decided to prosecute this matter in state court. Gun violence is a national plague. The only way to affect real change is to move past all the political acrimony and pass strong and effective common sense gun control legislation. The question for all of us is, Had enough. We can't become a place where people settle their political differences at the point of a gun, or where talented and passionate men and women avoid public service out of fear for their lives. My underlying fear here is is less a fear of Donald Trump as an individual than of the tens of millions of followers who actually gravitate to that message. And as you said, it doesn't require a majority of Americans. The Republicans are are being very strategic in, in how to create and solidify a system that will allow them to maintain power with uh, a minority of, of votes. And you saw the response of that crowd and I think it is the tip of the iceberg. It is just a harbinger of of what's going to play out in these swing states. And it's, you know, again, it's not it's not the tens of millions of voters in uh, in 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 California, New York and, and most of the country. It's in a handful of swing states and too many of them love that message. So seeing him for who he is, it's going to bring out the worst side of us. And that's something you speak about in the book as well. This president giving America permission to indulge its worst instincts. Yeah. And you, you said the very beginning of the show, you mentioned uh, voter suppression. And that is why the electoral college makes this so dangerous. If there were no electoral college, we wouldn't even have to have this. Well, we would have to have this conversation because the developments are so dangerous, but we wouldn't be worried about the election. That's for sure. Not in the way, I mean, we're white knuckling this right now. And the Republicans know that they only have to focus on three states. And again, to those who of, uh, to those people who support the electoral college, do you, do you think that's democracy when candidates literally can ignore 47 of the 50 states? It's just absolutely absurd. But that's why they have three tools at their disposal. They have gerrymandering, they have voter subversion, and thanks to Donald, uh, who really can take credit for very little, but he can take credit for this one. We have voter subversion, which is the idea that the election results are illegitimate if 
your candidate doesn't win. And that's only happening on the right side. You know, a lot of times I don't listen to every soundbite. I bookmark some and then I take the best ones I can get out of it. I had to stop right there. Only the right side. 2000, 2004, 2016, 2018, 2020 for some congressional. 2022. I mean, Nancy Pelosi didn't seat people. Get the fuck out of here. So you talked briefly about you were going to be a pop star. We even explored that. (laughs) Stop it, Chris. It's it's not so bad, Priyanka. (laughs) Okay. So you had a song that for a while was the opening song on NFL Network Thursday night football. Here you are. young <laughs> is that what you do you look back at her and well, think it's like 10 years ago or something she's like i was 30 or something that's crazy so i i heard that that the reaction in social media was not i mean yes there were obviously people liked it but there was also a lot of racism was well, yeah true? i mean nfl nfl network got a lot of tweets and stuff um or you know uh, things saying who is she who's this person and why should she be on American TV and like football should be an American person. It was just like very confusing because I'm, I was just an artist with a song that they liked, but props to NFL, they doubled down for next year. Did, was that hurtful to you or by that point had you sort of been through it? So, you know, they, they're always on this. This is so important to them. So last night, North Wilkesboro, Horrible race. Didn't even watch it. It was, you couldn't pass. The the low horsepower. I know they removed the drag, but damn. Watching Kyle Larson win all over and over again, which is the weirdest thing. Because if you really look at Kyle Larson, and I know most of you aren't in a NASCAR, but just bear with me for a second. The guy got caught saying, nigga, the A rapper version, during a video game. Got suspended for a year, then came back. They pretended like it didn't happen because he is not white, like Filipino or something. Um, no, let's not be putting out fake information. Kyle Larson's ethnicity. I know he's part um, Asian American. So they just put it away and there's something about HMS. I'm sorry. I'm just one of those guys. When you have parity and every car is the same, the engines are all the same. The tires are the same. The rims are the same. You can't put anything. It's no longer you go in a wind tunnel and you shave an 18th of an inch or one millionth of an inch off something and you just go faster in the wind tunnel. These are spec cars. They get issued everything now. People are getting major fines and getting fucked when they get caught. 
But if it isn't William Byron, it's Larson, and they are dusting the field. When my dude finally broke his 56-game race loss, you know, he finally won. It wasn't by 10 days. Last night, it was like he was driving an eight-cylinder. Everybody else was in four-speed. In fact, not even a four-speed, in a VW Bug. Three-speed. Little air-cooled engine. I mean, it wasn't even fair. But anyway. But with... So my point was, I went on a tangent. They've let that go. But they're super lib. And this is something that didn't need to get out. All right. This happens all the time. Teams are always saying, well, we couldn't hear each other because some jack wagon got on the radio and was talking shit. And it's usually... Not your fan. It isn't like I'm going to go to the race and cue in the UHF signal that they hand the fuck out so I know what it is. And when Martin's going around asking when he's going to pit, I'll be like, you're the best, Martin. I love you. I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to call Larson and go, you cheating motherfucker. Of course I am. So some drunk old boys from North Kakalaki Keyed the mic. And what was the exact... I think it was, nobody likes you, you asshole. Go back to where you came from. I don't think I bookmarked it. Let me get history. Um, I think that's what... It wasn't... It wasn't racial. It was just, go back, you asshole. Go back to where you came from, you asshole. Which, yeah, sure, it could probably be considered that way and they always um bubble all straw blah 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 go back to where you came from asshole you're not wanting a nascar the person said so because it's north carolina and we're just gonna say everybody in north carolina i mean they handed out a fucking still an actual still it's all the pieces you can go make your own hooch now uh that was the the trophy um Instant. I didn't know anything about the race when I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning. Oh, by the way, I do my 1,000-mile walk. 1,000 miles. 0.5. Because I walked two and a half today. Well, two and three quarters. So I guess it's a three-quarter mile over. That picks up any time the Fitbit was off. But that's pretty crazy. And I use the same pair of shoes, which is an ethical dilemma because... They're 5'11 shoes, and 5'11 treated me really shitty, especially that system manager pushing me out the door, knowing I was sick, just so she could get the job because she was pissed off. Because I, I just believed all along. Let me just open up the wound. He talked to her first. It was kind of like, we're going to use this guy for a while, but he's old. He's probably not going to stick around. He just needs some money, he said. And then you'll be the manager. And then she leaves the front door open, and I counsel her. Well, now she's fucked. So she says, get rid of him, make him the asshole, and then he won't notice that I left the front door open on a building when I went home. I mean, she even tried to blame me because I opened it up to bring in UPS and then left at 3 o'clock and we closed at 8. Anyway, their boots, 985 miles of the 1,000 was one pair of mids. It's pretty impressive if you think about it. Because they're not made for that. They're kind of like a 
duty boot, you know, cool guy boot. Nobody's going to wear that in the shit. And the eyelets start tearing. But it's quite a marketing thing to say because they get a lot of complaints on them. But other than the back, which rots out, like, really quick. And so you have that hole and you get those blisters. And I just put a piece of fucking moleskin over it. I'd still be wearing it, but the eyelets started ripping by the eyelets. Just from where? Because it's a thousand fucking miles. But anyway, if I didn't hate those motherfuckers, I would send them a, hey, thanks. These were good boots. You know, I, I walked a thousand miles in them. Pretty impressive. And they're still functional. So, anywho, where the fuck was I at? When I woke up to go do the damn walk, all I can see is this bullshit. But nobody's proceeding the bullshit with his interview on Saturday after the truck race and him flipping a motherfucker off during an interview on live TV. Can I, can I ask you a quick question about um, the booze after the end of the truck race? It's every week. Yeah. How does it make you feel? Not great. Okay. I mean, you did well today. Thanks. Uh, so it doesn't bother you at all? I mean, yeah, but it's it's sports. It's sports. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be there. It wasn't on a different level today than any other day? You're really close to the, the, the stage. I mean, it, that, that does make a difference. You're closer to the stadium, so uh, closer to the seats, so that's part of it. But it's going to be there every weekend. Performance by Bubba Wallace brings it home second. Your best all-star finish. If you could have closed the gap a little bit more, what would have happened? I don't know. I think we needed the louvers and whatever chewed up stuff they have on there. <laughs> now, first and foremost, that's an African-American fucking media member pushing the envelope. Do you know how much Kyle Bush used to get booed? Denny Hamlin? Seriously. NASCAR are the most jackassery fans ever. Every weekend, I put out an opinion. I was hounded by two guys yesterday so bad that I finally said, hey, why don't you guys go get a matching Larson tattoo? Go skipping because you're living vicariously through his winning. Vicariously, big word, Google it. And then they said I wasn't a serious person and left because they literally believe that Kyle Larson is the greatest person ever and he never does anything wrong, nor is there anything fucked up. What Bubba just said there, they got caught with louvers. They didn't lose the points. They got a monetary fine. A smaller team, yeah, they got a fine. And they got the points. And they got the louvers from them. So this one team is beloved by media, beloved by NASCAR. They're the winningest team. And they get away with fucking murder. So he's 100% spot on. What is wrong with Bubba Wallace is that Bubba Wallace has mental illness. He's almost quit three or four times. He dogs himself. He has zero confidence in himself. And then he comes out with this cocky shit. It's every week. Yeah, no fucking shit. Everybody gets booed in NASCAR. They're shitheads. They're just shithead fans. It's not even rational fandom. I'll be honest. It's not rational. 
When Martin Truex got hit by Kyle Larson last year because he missed his pit stop, and no time did I look at it and go, man, Martin, what the fuck were you doing? It was Larson did it on purpose. Because Larson the year before got a fucking caution in the championship race, and Martin's leading by four fucking seconds. He got 20 laps left. They said they saw a brake rotor part. Nobody picked anything up. Called the car caution. He was on his bumper going to the pits, because now you've tightened up. They go for like two laps, then they go into the pits. So those four seconds are gone. They get back in their order. Fucking got off the pits early and he won, because whoever was in the front was winning. The track was just bad. It was all arrow. So whoever was in the lead was going to win. And Larson won. So that's a history. So I don't rationally think out that maybe Martin didn't see his pit stall because of the glare, which is what it was, and he got spun into his pit. Didn't put any of that in my head, housing group, because I was irrational. It was really close to him finally winning, and he didn't, and then he didn't make the playoffs, and it fucking sucked. But with Bubba getting to my point, there's no rational thoughts. If somebody boos, it's because he's the only black driver. Well, no, he's not. There's black drivers in the trucks. There's black driver in the fucking freaking Xfinity series. And in the lower levels, there's black drivers. The reality is there's a bunch of rich white kid drivers who get sponsorship. That's how they get the ride. I mean, if somebody wants to say, hey, it's unfair that these rich white kids get good rides and the poor white kids don't, man, they got a point. I mean, Ty Gibbs, I hate that motherfucker. If he was on fire, I wouldn't piss on him. I hate him. He's a rich kid. He did one year in this and one year in that. Now he's in cup. He has the best rides. He got the best of the... Literally, the best of all of the pit crews because he's grandpa, the owner of the team, Joe Gibbs. Grandson. Fucking hate that motherfucker. Chastain. Hate that motherfucker. They're lily white. I don't hate Bubba. I just feel sorry for him. He needs help. He's got a mental illness. And if... Anything I learned from Days of Thunder, it's all about confidence. You got to believe you're going to do it. You got to believe that you got special tires so you can go out of rowdy burns in that corner where they usually put you in the wall. You got to believe those things. And he doesn't. He's unhinged. He's always looking for an excuse. And invariably, it goes back to, I'm black, and I'm getting a raw deal. Well, your owner is a black legend who probably got treated 7,000 times worse than you ever did. You were brought in because you were black. It was an initiative program to get black, Latino, female, soon tranny drivers. NASCAR wants liberals. They know they got the rednecks, so they need the liberalize. They want to get in these blue cities, yada, yada. That's why they're going to go up to Chicago and a bunch of people are going to get raped and shot while they're watching a road course. He was brought in. 
He got rides when other people didn't. He's only got like four or five fucking wins ever over trucks in Xfinity. And he got a cup ride because he was black. I don't care what anybody says. That's why he got the job. He was black. It was an initiative. It was Floyd time. We went off about a fucking noose that was always in this stall, been there for fucking ever, but we went with it like it is real deal, McGill. And now it's racist because somebody called him the asshole and told him to go back where he came from. If it happened to a white guy, it would never even make the news. It wouldn't even be reported because every team has stories just from the shows I've watched of some drunk jackass from the sticks of Virginia or North Kakalaki getting on the goddamn radio and talking shit. I'm sure Dale Sr. had it happen. I know Junior did, but I've digressed. Let's uh let's move on. Um did I get this soundbite? Uh God, I fucking suck today. We'll hold it for a second. This is a... I'm going to cliff note a couple of these because they're... Fu- this is a city that put all sorts of fucking goddamn money into fucking a bus stop. They went all over the world about equity. Sombrita, our shade and lighting pilot for the gender equity action plan Bus stop. Thank you, LAT DOT officials, our UCLA research partners, and the countless community partners and members that made this project possible. It's only a start of what we are hoping to design a policy solution to help make transportation more equitable for Angelinos. That's a lovely color blue for the shade. What's that thing on the top of the pole? Is this a joke, right? What a waste of money. And it was. Then... There it is. It's fucking stupid. This story I ignored because I was waiting for it to break out, and it was exactly what I thought it was. NBC News went off with another Karen in the Park story about this lady trying to steal some African-American's bike. But the reality is she owned the bike. They were stealing it. Her life was ruined. She was called a fucking racist. She was treated like dog shit because, yeah, that makes sense. Crump. Today, Michael Brown be turned 27 years old. At only 18, Michael was shot and killed in Ferguson, Missouri. His death sparked a movement in his community that highlighted the police violence affecting so many black men. Michael's life will not be forgotten. Rest in power. And the world goes. Still waiting for... Anybody to apologize to his victims. The bodega guy, he beat the fuck up. And hands up, don't shoot. To this day is the largest miss. It is the big lie that got us into 2020 riots. People still believe that was a true story and it was totally false. Media knew it. But come on, it sold good. It was just like the fucking Stoneman Douglas. They they schooled the kids in a revetment and told them what to say and then polished them up. 
thinking that they could get what they want, which is the guns of right-wingers. It's not about the guns. They just want to punish cons. University of Minnesota. Summer research program restricted to non-whites. This one surprised the shit out of me. This is an African-American with an AR-15 at the bus stop. Kinziger says, lucky it ain't my bus stop. I fuck his ass up. And many Hassan. Serious question for conservatives. If another parent at this bus stop felt threatened, I mean, there's a creepy guy with an assault rifle every day at your kid's bus stop. Would they be justified in coming from behind and choking him to death or no? Just wondering. His first tweet was, I can't believe this is actually America. Blah. Blah. Another one. Neely. AOC, more than Jordan Neely's 44 prior arrests, including kidnapping a seven-year-old girl and attacking old people. People asked, did she pray for the 65-year-old woman Jordan punched in the face? I'm pretty sure that that, that, that didn't happen. But the best one, which I was going to use for uh, the beginning of uh, gay shit, This is the media going extra stupid. NAACP has issued a travel advisory for Florida, and it's urging the black community to avoid visiting or moving to the Sunshine State. According to the statement, the advisory comes in direct response to Republican Governor Ron DeSantis's quote, aggressive attempts to erase black history. My God, man. That's why nobody takes that shit seriously anymore. We used to talk about back of the bus, your own drinking fountain. Real shit. This is tranny shit, and you want to teach all white kids that they're oppressors and have slave auctions because just teaching them that slavery was bad isn't good enough for you people anymore. Okay. So we're going to go into our gay shit. Do some articles first before we do the sound bites. This is some good shit. Transgender woman forced to use men's locker room. See, even the New York Post. Everybody is cowed. That's not a woman. That's a dude. AP, just so all invested. The banishment of transgender lawmaker Zoe Zephyr from Montana House floor showcased the rising power of hardline conservatives who are leveraging division social issues to gain influence in 11 state heads. Okay, let, let's just stop for a second. Um, wouldn't you say that we need to uh, not tell parents that we trans their kid have binding and fake dick stuff in school, probably a culture war. Man, I don't know. Could be me. They have this one with more than a dozen states enacting laws. I mean, they are so on it. Scott Stevenson, you are a serious news organization. Jack Spitz, more than a dozen states enacting laws limiting irreversible sex change surgery for minors with gender dysphoria. Fixed. Your headline. Actually, there are bills aiming at safeguarding the health and safety of children. But our media 
dude. I could have paid a, played a hundred. Here's just three. I mean, Hayes. They bring on a Texas mom who wants to sterilize her kid. I mean, this shit is hardcore. Hey, 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 bow, 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 little pump in the cut. Hey, gang shit, 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 gang shit. So, what parental rights do you think? Are there any limits to parental rights? And and I'm just wondering because you do you know there there are inconsistencies right in in what right. people define as parental rights. Well, I mean, I think it's fair to say that parents should have the ability to access best practice medical care for their children, um, especially when we have one physician in our legislature who's decided that he understands this uh, science that he's referring to um, better than this huge body of scientific evidence that shows that this is the best practice medical care when uh, we have access to physicians who specialize in this. We have our daughter transitioned socially when she was five years old. So the vast majority of transition is social. It is allowing children to be able to show the rest of the world who they are on the inside. And for my daughter, that meant growing her hair out, uh, wearing dresses and changing her name. So it's there's really not any kind of medical intervention until puberty. And uh, you know, puberty blockers are totally reversible. These are used for a variety of different healthcare reasons, not just for transgender youth. And that's how we know that this is a deeply discriminatory bill because it's only banning the same healthcare that's accessible to non-transgender children. Uh, and only, only targets trans kids. Uh, how does that family decision get taken? Well, I mean, the thing is, I don't expect somebody who doesn't have a transgender child to know what this process is like because it's not easy. It was something that uh, my husband and I had to really process. My husband really struggled with it. He thought that it was a reflection on his masculinity, his uh, fatherhood showing up for his daughter. and. It was not until she really hit a breaking point uh, when she was five years old saying that she could not go on anymore with the world thinking that she was a boy. And so, you know, I often say that it was uh, the rest of us transitioning. She knew exactly who she was from the day she was born, as long as she could talk. And we didn't know who she was. We made an assumption about who she was then. And, uh, and we've been able to, you know, As state legislatures from Florida to Nebraska introduce a slew of anti-trans bills affecting bathrooms, health care, and pronouns, now visibility through media representation is becoming more and more vital for the trans community. And it's the subject of journalist Trayvell Anderson's new book, We See Each Other, A Black Trans Journey Through TV and Films. It often feels like people think that we as trans people dropped onto the face of the earth with Laverne Cox and Orange is the New Black, right? But we have a very long history in every culture and community on this globe since the beginning of time. Yeah. Um, and so one of my messages is just to remind people that we We've always been here. We ain't going nowhere as well. Um, And then also for the members of community that because we belong to this long line of trans brilliance, right, we will be able to make it past this moment. Yeah. And and, and part of the 
The issue around this is that for many movies and TV, that's their main exposure mm -hmm. to members of the community. And you say that visibility is a paradox because we're often seeing either violent depictions or exaggerated characters instead of just everyday people mm -hmm. just going about their lives. Mm -hmm. I think that's what, when we're having a conversation about visibility, we're trying to get to a place where people can treat us as regular folks and not treat us as some anomaly or some aberration in society. Um, but yeah, visibility is a visibility is a paradox because we are the most visible we've ever been as a community, but we are also facing, you know, an unprecedented legislative attack, right, right. on our lives, particularly the lives of trans women and girls. And it's really interesting, I would say, um, because folks, like you mentioned, folks do believe that they have never met a trans person, right? And so they believe that the only things that they're getting about trans people are what they see I love that you're using screen. the word believe, because oh, that yes. doesn't mean that that's the case. Oh, it's not that's the case. That's just what they believe. What I love to say is that you know, first of all, trans people, we exist, we're everywhere, you're, we're your neighbor, we're your barista, we're the person bagging your groceries at the mm -hmm. grocery store. Um, but maybe you don't know that because you have not yet created a space safe enough for that trans person to tell you their truth, yeah. right? And so they feel like they have to hide, right, or keep that to themselves as a means of surviving, right, this very inhospitable world that we live in. Yeah. But what would life be like if we made people feel comfortable, right, to reveal themselves. Um, and hopefully with the book, right, folks will, you know, get them. He's put them into practice. But I think the discussion about the threat of authoritarianism can sometimes feel almost a little remote or academic. That word has a certain kind of historical timbre to it. We associate the term with, like, stern historical figures like Stalin or Mussolini. And that can make it hard to look at Mr. Pudding Fingers yucking it up on the campaign trail in Iowa and see an authoritarian. But Ron DeSantis really is running on an authoritarian agenda. The policies he has enacted in Florida are the opposite of freedom. To me, the opposite of core American values. Because in Ron DeSantis's Florida, the state will decide what books your child can or cannot read in their school library by threatening teachers and librarians with time in prison if they do not comply with vague laws about instruction on race, gender, and sexuality. The state will decide what women can do with their own bodies by banning abortion at six weeks. Of course, that is, for all intents and purposes, a complete abortion ban, which means that Ron DeSantis and the Republican Party of Florida control the bodies of every Floridian who can get pregnant. It's their body, not yours. The state will also decide how you can dress in public, which costumes you can wear, by enacting what is essentially a full ban on drag performances that will also likely restrict pride events. The state will decide what kind of speech corporations can engage in, including which criticisms they can make of the government, by going after Disney punitively for speaking out against anti-LGBTQ laws. That fight has become quite notorious, blew up to the point that Disney announced today it's abandoning a $1 billion planned development in Florida. We'll see what sort of reprisals the state wages against that company. But Ron DeSantis' dystopian authoritarian vision is most apparent in the legislation he just signed yesterday. It bans all gender-affirming care for all minors in Florida, everyone 18 and younger. That law also empowers state courts to change custody agreements if a child is receiving or is at risk of receiving gender-affirming care, meaning taking a kid away from a parent. 
Telling parents how they can or cannot raise their own children is among the most authoritarian things a government can do. And now that is exactly what Ron DeSantis and the Republican Party in Florida and generally... The media is so invested, they're going after detransitioners. Really? Detransitioners. Tampa Pride cancels Pride on the River event to political climate. We're very concerned about what's happening in the state, said the organizational president. Not coordinating with Democrats in any way to try to make DeSantis look bad or really the crux to the matter, which is you're violating the law because you're doing indecency. HuffPo, same article. Canceling. Why won't he let them just all be fucking preves? Well, this is uh, DeSantis's reply to them. And then we also did a bill, which is sad that we're even having discussed this, uh, to criminalize the mutilation of minors who are undergoing these sex change operations by these really rogue ideological physicians. And we've had heartbreaking testimony from people that have gone through this when they were minors. Now they're adults. And this is something they're now having to overcome really for the rest of their lives because irreversible changes were made. We banned this administratively last year through our medical board. So if a medical doctor did this, they lose the license in Florida, which is appropriate. But we felt you had to do more. I mean, if you're taking. Love that guy. Fuck him. Fuck them all. What are you going to lose? Four percent of your voters, maybe it's five percent of the nation and probably one percent don't give a fuck and their parents and they don't want their kids trans. Indiana school counselor was fired for refusing to adopt a transgender support plan. Now he's suing the fuck out of them. Maryland health facility trans friendly policy would require minor patients to room with the opposite sex like it's a fucking college dorm local. I mean, this is how bad it is. And why this social justice warrior media is so fucking spot on. Our channel two, mom of trans team moving out of Tennessee after law banning gender affirming care. Here she is. Let's listen to her. Gibbons' teenage daughter is transgender and has been on puberty blockers for two years. And he's gay, safety, by the way. Gibbons didn't want to say her daughter's name or provide photos. She has a good situation at school and at home. That changed in March, when after months of debate, Governor Lee signed a law barring minors from... They showed Matt Walsh in their video. Despite it not being in effect yet and ongoing legal battles, Gibbons says she can't get her daughter her regular treatments anymore. A lot of providers um, are not comfortable. So next month... So she's a lesbian, and that's why she's doing it. Yeah, okay. We're good with that. Um, L.A. Pride goes out with the Dodgers. Phil Murphy. So we've had all these people line up. Here's Phil Murphy. Sorry, Jay Weber, New Jersey, but requiring school staff to out LGBTQ students to their parents is wrong. Coming out as a personal decision, we won't allow government-mandated outing that puts the health of our young kids at risk. That's the way he's saying, fuck you. Never to trust adult who says to a child, this'll just be our little secret. Oh, God damn, that's good. Really good. And then we just get the fucking 
crazy ass shit. I mean, just fucking crazy. You remember the creator of the Matrix? Yeah, this is him now. Listen to what he says. To be honest, like for me, the 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 people that I saw, the, the first images that really struck a chord with me were, you know, uh, trans women and pornography. And um, there was something that um, unlocked in my brain that I saw these uh, wonderful, fearless performers um, becoming these, um, becoming desirable. And I, in my head, I could take the leap where I felt like, well, if I could be desirable, then maybe I could be loved. And for me, that's like one of the keys that trans people have to like struggle through, you know, will somebody love me? And so yeah, that's, that's my answer, Nick Adams. That's an excellent answer, Lily Wachowski. So you saw some tranny sex and you became trans. Isn't that what parents are saying we don't want to happen to our kids? The brainwashing through sexually explicit materials? Could that be why you guys are so angry about this? Because it really works? And you get kids to do what you want them to do, which is become activists? That's not a girl. That's a vit dude. He's a brilliant dude. I mean, he made The Matrix, one through three. Then he became sex because he watched porno. Dudes with breasts. Made his mind say, I'm trans. It's a very interesting soundbite. Very interesting. That's why the media is not covering it. We then have... Um, San Francisco is a steaming pile of garbage and shit. And the Associated Press, once again, anti-trans legislation is rolling the nation. It's just rolling up and lynching trans people. It doesn't do anything to trans people. It stops you from turning kids trans, which we now just realize you can watch a porno and it can happen. San Francisco, I mean, Jesus Christ, I'm glad I don't watch porno. Who the fuck knows? Maybe I become a chick. I mean, if it's that easy. San Francisco, I'm being smart ass. San Francisco is fighting back by naming the nation's first drag laureate, an ambassador style position designed to represent the city's famous LGBTQEIEIO community. Meet DRC. Drawlinger. Having the drag laureate position takes what we're doing and really um, elevates it and gives it a deeper amount of credibility. San Francisco acknowledges us for what we've done already, but to put this on sort of a national stage really does make a profound difference. You want some more drag? Yeah. I'm really 
proud of what San Francisco has done to really open its heart and its mind to accepting drag as a art form and, and as something that brings people together. Thank you for keeping San Francisco, San Francisco. I know that there are a lot of anti-drag folks out there and they are very loud. If we sparkle harder and we really bring to the table the joy that is drag, I think that is a sound that can't really be silenced. That's a motherfucker who had a midlife. Maybe he watched the same porn movie that the Wiskoski brother did, or Wiskoski's. And then we wonder why all this stuff happens so much, and this is uh, unrelated, but it's Related, it's what's going on on our college campus. Professor's gone wild. Pro-abortion professor Charlene Rodriguez curses at pro-life students and vandalize their table at Hunter College. And if it was the inverse and it was a PPFA table, it would be nationwide. But you didn't even hear about it, did you? pretty fucked up. She'll probably get promoted. I mean, she's tenured. They get away with anything. And instead of a This is America, they were going to do two sound bites that are kind of positive. One is from a Shelby County, Tennessee. I think it's Shelby. Local news again. And he is the only person with the balls to say nobody in our fucking county wants this stupid Juneteenth. It's a woke holiday. Love that guy. I'd vote for him because he's right. Black people didn't even know what the fuck that is. And it wasn't about the end of slavery. It was the end of a part of Texas that didn't even know slavery had ended. They weren't slaves, but they just didn't know it. And then an Ice Cube segment. Kind of inferring that uh, black people, you need to just, you're back on the plantation with Democrats. They don't give a fuck about you unless you suck dick. Sullivan County will now recognize Juneteenth as an official holiday. But before the vote, one commissioner called it a, quote, woke holiday. I just think Juneteenth is a woke holiday and we shouldn't give these people a, an inch. This is the same sort of thing. I mean, no one in Sullivan County is in favor of this, almost nobody. The only people this is going to please is the same people that were in Nashville, in our capital, causing an insurrection and assaulting state troopers. That's Commissioner Joe Carr referencing a large protest that happened at the state capitol calling for gun reform after the Covenant school shooting in Nashville. Carr was one of four commissioners that voted against recognizing Juneteenth. One more thing I wanted to ask about was um, like in the 2020 when you kind of supported Trump and stuff like that. What, what did you think about like because you're Hollywood, you know, there's a lot of like propaganda and stuff like that. What was that like getting flack for that? I mean, I never supported Trump or Biden. I never asked to speak to 
the Republicans or the Democrats. I created a document called The Contract with Black America that spelled out a lot of different issues that we believe were the reason why it was so much unrest after George Floyd was killed. Um, and I, I released the document and everybody wanted to talk to me. The Republicans asked to talk to me and the Democrats. I went to talk to both of them about the contract. The Republicans asked, could they implement some things from the contract in the, into their proposal? And I said, the document was open for anybody to use in any way they desired. So if they just want to use it as educational purposes, they could. They wanted to add more, you know, paragraphs or more ideas to it, they could. They wanted to use it to change, get a law change, they could. So I didn't mind them using it. I met with the Democrats. The Democrats said, we like 90% of what's in there. And we'll talk to you after the election about it. There's like a stigma amongst like the Afri African-American community to like Republicans and stuff like that. I don't know what's going on in the African-American community when it comes to that. You know what I mean? Like. Black people have. Supported Democrats, you know, uh, overwhelmingly for mm -hmm. 50, 60 years. And and nothing has changed. So something's got to change. You know, if I ever was a star, which never happened, say I was a rock star. A, I'd make causes for military, especially the 114,000 people that have committed suicides. But B, everything I'd say is both, both parties are garbage. And anybody thinks the other party's more important or cares about them is smoking crack. They don't care about you. They care about their next election. That's all they give a fuck about. And between the two, I'm sorry, the left's some fascist motherfuckers right now. I mean, they want to trans your kids. And they have state media. I mean, state media. Let it sink in that we are now in state media. It used to be biased media, but it's state. Nobody covered Biden falling down the steps. Nobody covered that Biden and company don't want to ever balance the budget. And that's really important because we're all going to have to pay for it. Nobody wants to cover that there isn't a special money tree where he's handing out this free shit all the fucking time. It's got to come from someplace, mostly our kids and our grandkids and not one media organization wants to cover the fact that the FBI is fucking out of control the LGBTQ EIEIO plus cosine ampersand group is really 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 trying to trans your kid they don't give a fuck about your kid they just want to make everybody gay 
They're hateful people that hate their parents. So they hate everybody. And they want to get even. Because even when they do watch that porno video of a dude with nice knockers because he got implants and a big old cock... They don't feel happy when they get their knockers in the big old crock and 80% of them go back to being fucking whatever the fuck they were and they're still unhappy. The reality is it doesn't matter what orientation you are. That's not going to bring you happiness. Having a sex change isn't going to change you. You'll just have different body parts. If it did, then the left could actually say it's very important that we do all these sex changes because on the other side of the sex change, they're mentally stable. But they can't say that because statistically they're not. I know I say it a lot. The lecture I get when I pick up my wife's hormone medicine, it's serious, folks. They are serious. They're like, you can't take this. You'll get fucked up. But we're jacking it in five-year-olds. Yeah. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast here with the family and friends. Go to SoundCloud, Flyover Politic with the K. Rumble 482467. Still can't fucking remember those six damn numbers. Go to foppodcast at gmail.com. Send me a memo. Tell me to fuck myself. Next podcast, 26 May, year of our Lord, 2023. It'll be a Friday. We'll knock it out. Until then, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs. And as always, thanks for listening. Take care. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. It's seven lives.